What can people working for justice today learn from history? That's the question addressed by this project, Prisons and Protest, a public history of the U.S. criminal justice system and of social movements for justice. Think of it as the story behind mass incarceration, or how we got to where we are. I'm Paul Vandekar, project director. Prisons and Protest includes a podcast series with conversations with and between activists and historians on topics such as convict leasing, prison labor, and prison uprisings in history. A web and social media presence with additional resources on history, live events such as film screenings and panel discussions, and printed materials for distribution to people behind bars. Why history? An example from history may help answer that question. In 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Brown v. Board of Education that racial segregation in schools was unconstitutional. Nevertheless, many school systems remained segregated and unequal, perhaps nowhere more so than Mississippi. Even in the years after the court ruling, at least one county in that state, Bolivar County, prohibited Negro schools from teaching American history 1860 to 1875. Those schools banned history precisely because they knew how powerful it was. But fortunately, so did leaders in the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, people like Charles Cobb, who proposed that the group form Freedom Schools, temporary free schools for African Americans, as part of a larger civil rights effort called Freedom Summer in 1964. In Mississippi that summer, there were 40 schools with more than 3,000 students taught by volunteers, many of them college students themselves. Classes met in churches and homes and out under the shade of big trees. The curriculum included topics that public schools didn't teach, not least of all, black history. And it asked students of all ages questions such as, what is the freedom movement? And what alternatives does the freedom movement offer us? Together, through a questioning approach to history, people in freedom schools explored the depths of what it was they were fighting for. Just as thousands of people drew wisdom and inspiration from history back in 1964, so too can the movement for justice today draw on history. History can inform how to build or restore coalitions in the movement to end mass incarceration, how to overcome long-standing obstacles to change the justice system, how to understand and effectively deal with historical adversaries. But there are more than just such practical benefits to an inquiry into history. So much of our history is contested. The legacy of slavery, reparations for slavery, the public display of the Confederate flag, the centuries-long struggle over the right to vote, a struggle that still continues today, with many people convicted of felonies barred from ever voting again. History is heard in our invocations of past heroes and martyrs. History is made physical in prison architecture, which was influenced from the start by religious notions of penitence or secular ideas about surveillance. History is seen in roadside signs memorializing Emmett Till, a black teenager lynched in Mississippi in 1955, and in the fact that those signs are riddled with bullet holes and racist graffiti. History is denied when we have so little public recognition of any of the thousands of other African Americans who were lynched during the Jim Crow era. History is at play in election seasons, when Republicans call theirs the party of Lincoln and Reagan, or when Democrats lay claim to FDR and Lyndon Johnson. The struggle over history is the struggle for justice, and so doing history is a way of doing justice. You're encouraged to take part in this project. 
Tell us why history matters to you and what history you want to explore here. Together, through prisons and protest, maybe we can enlarge our vision of justice and, in some small way, change the course of history. Thank you.